Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Scott. Welcome to Skipped On Shuffle, a podcast where we delve into an overlooked song by a popular artist. Today we're taking a look at the song Walk On By by the band Cake off their 1998 record Prolonging the Magic. Walk on by the house where you still live. Walk on by the place where we would kiss and the room where I My wife jokes that Cake never really releases any new music. There's just some fresh music (laughs) (laughs) fresh cake i like that (laughs) fresh fresh cake uh yeah i i agree i mean i feel like i've been listening to cake you know off and on i'm I'm not as big a fan as as you are i mean i'm I'm a fan like i have the records and they're all good and it's fun but uh yeah i've been listening to them for like you know 20 years now and uh, I feel like there's been very little progress. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. You know, there are plenty of bands out there that make no progress and have been doing the same thing for, for decades. You know, you've got your ACDC, you've got Rammstein, you've got lots of bands. It's just like, this is what we do. We're good at it. We're not going to change it up. And I feel like Cake is kind of in the same same fashion. Yeah, it's a, it's a super conscious decision on the part of the band that this is this is what we do. This is how we sound and go about things. And a lot of that is due to lead singer, John McRae, who is definitely the the leading creative force for the band. And I, I don't know, I just, maybe this seems like a weird episode for us to do with so many other famous singers and bands that we haven't done yet. But I'm such a big Cake fan, and I love this band so much and everything they do. And they have a, a new album that's supposed to be coming out this year, so we felt like it, it was timely to to do this episode. Plus, just a good, a good fun summer summer band. <laughs> you type The early history of Cake is a bit murky, so forgive me if anyone knows more exact dates and things than I do, uh, but this is just to kind of give you a, a little bit of a sense of, of where the band comes from. So as I mentioned, the band starts with singer John McRae. He's from Sacramento. At some point, he moves out to Los Angeles, and he has this band called the Dalai Lamas in the mid-1980s. Over 85, 86, they record some songs, and these are released through a small record company called Mad Rover Records. They have a song on a compilation called Hard Betty's Party Favorites, called Out of the Blues. (laughs) He also releases, McRae that is, releases a single in 1987 without his band called Rancho Seco that has an electric version on the A side and an acoustic version on the B side. And this is... Acoustic version is available on YouTube, and if you listen to it, it sounds like Cake Now. So clearly, he had this very specific idea for what he wants the band to sound like. McRae is playing coffee houses as a solo performer, while I think also having this band at the same time. As I mentioned, it's not exactly too clear. 
The band that he has, the Dalai Lamas, also do a Led Zeppelin cover for a compilation album called The Song Retains the Name, which I think was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's billed as 11 struggling bands interpret some of Led Zepp's most bitchin' tunes. (laughs) And they do a cover of Good Times, Bad Times, delivered in McRae's trademark cake-like monotone, perfectly enunciated phrasing. Uh, That record comes out in 1988. There's a lot of songs that are written during this period that I've seen mentioned places that would eventually go on to be cake songs. He also has another band at this time called John McRae and the Roughhousers. I'm not sure if this was before or during or after the Dalai Lama. So as I mentioned, you know, a lot lot of this is unclear. But basically, McRae returns to his hometown of Sacramento in 1991. And he comments a lot of the time that cheaper rent helps you creatively. (laughs) So clearly he was struggling to make ends meet in Los Angeles. And he says, you know, you become so concerned about working these small jobs that you don't have enough time to focus on music. So he comes back to Sacramento, determined to make a band. He calls it cake. And the name is said not to refer to the dessert. But when something gets stuck in your shoe and stays there until it falls out. We haven't gotten into the other members of the band, but D, uh, Vincent Di Fiore, the trumpet player, who's the only other consistent member through the history of the band, uh, calls it the verb cake. Cake mud on your shoes, cake tortilla salt and flavorings on your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> this band is just so funny. Like, they're just like ridiculous. Like, I feel like hanging out with this band would be a trip. <laughs> and, and we'd probably miss half the jokes that... <laughs> So McRae was tired of these other bands and being a solo performer, playing in these coffee houses. So he puts together a band of musicians who are actively playing in other bands. This is guitarist Greg Brown, bassist Sean McFessel, drummer Frank French, and the trumpet player, as I mentioned, Vincent DeFiori. McKessel quickly leaves the band and he's replaced by Gabe Nelson on bass. There's going to be a lot of lineup changes in Cake's history, so I'll try to keep track of them all, but you know, don't get caught too much on, on, on that. McRae basically wants Cake to be the antithesis of grunge music and being very stripped back and devoid of the kind of bigness and loudness and commercialization that he says has happened and made that style of music so mainstream. So Cake, essentially, he forges a style that's all its own with elements of rock, pop, country, folk, rockabilly alternative but not in the same sense of alternative when you someone mentions alternative music you tend to think of like grunge this is this is not that he says that the band was initially a sort of reactionary hostile gesture against a lot of the big dumb rock that we saw coming out of the early 90s and mid 90s so the band is playing clubs in san francisco and they record their first record motorcade of generosity and release it independently in 1994 Pulse, a publication of Tower Records, back when Tower Records was a thing, named the record as one of the top indie releases of the year, so this gets them a lot of press. They play a show at San Francisco's Great American Music Hall, and they caught the attention of Bonnie Simmons, who's a famous radio host in the area, who then agrees to become their manager. With her help and influence, the band lands a record deal with Capricorn Records, and they officially released Motorcade of Generosity again in 1995, upgrading the band who was selling albums basically out of their van or at shows. 
The song Rock and Roll Lifestyle is released and goes on to be a fairly notable hit at number 35 on the modern rock charts. Of them first now, how do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? How do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? How do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? Because of the success of the band, which would lead them to bigger tours farther away from home, now, you know, presumably touring nationally rather than just playing in the California, San Francisco area, drummer Frank French and bassist Gabe Nelson choose to leave the band. Since the band had more attention now, critics were listening to the album, noting the humor in their lyrics, making comments about the kind of production value and sound that Cake has, and how genre-defying the band was. So Cake records and they released their second album, Fashion Nugget, in 1996. This album really puts Cake on the map due to the strength of their first single, which you've probably heard called The Distance. Speed through the finish, the flags go down, the fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up, and long ago somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for They also do a pretty popular cover of the song, I Will Survive. the success of Fashion Nugget and those songs, they go on a U.S. tour, eventually going over to the U.K. to open for the Counting Crows and play some other shows there on their own, and they even tour Japan. They're set to continue touring in the U.S. in the summer of 1997, but McRae gets ill, suffering from exhaustion at this point. He recovers, and the band continues touring, but when the band wraps up this tour, there are more lineup changes. Guitarist Greg Brown and bass player Victor Damiani choose to leave the band, this is significant because Brown had actually written The Distance, and it's clear from listening to Cake how intricate the play between the guitar and bass parts are. That's not to say this isn't the case with most guitar-oriented bands, but this is a band with such a unique sound that there were serious concerns from McRae about carrying the band forward, and he even seriously considered ending the band at this point. McRae moves forward with the remaining members. He convinces Gabe Nelson, who had left the band originally, to rejoin the band on bass, and along with the help of several guest musicians on guitar, including one Zane McCurdy, that would become a permanent replacement, they make their third record, Prolonging the Magic, which comes out in 1998. Now, we won't get too much into this one, since we'll discuss it later with today's song, Walk On By, which comes from this record, but you've probably heard the hit track, Never There. You tell me that you love me so, you tell me that you care, but when I need you, baby, baby you're never
The album debuted at number 33 on the Billboard charts, and the record has longevity as it eventually sells a million copies within a year of its release. They toured the U.S. and Europe to support the album through 2000. Then they put out their fourth record, Comfort Eagle, in 2001. After the recording of the album, drummer Todd Roper leaves and is replaced by Peter McNeil. You'll notice this is becoming a pattern with this band. Roper said that he wanted to spend more time with his family, he has two young kids, and the band is making plans for an extended tour based on the success of the album. McCray directs the music videos for the band's singles, Short Skirt, Long Jacket, and later Love You Madly. Short Skirt and Long Jacket is one of my favorite music videos, and it's about going up to people on the street and having them listen to the song and comment on it, and we'll play you a clip of that song now. I want a girl with shoes that cut Wanting to face less restrictions with time to write and record, the band builds their own studio in Sacramento where they record their fifth record, Pressure Chief, which features the lead single, No Phone. last two albums had been with Columbia Records, and they're done with that deal, so they end up creating their own record label, Upbeat Records, and put out the aptly titled B-Sides and Rarities, featuring all these kind of leftover tracks from singles. And it notably features a cover of Black Sabbath's War Pigs. Generals gathered in their masses Just like witches at Black Masses Destruction Sorcerer of death's construction They put out their sixth and latest record, Showroom of Compassion, a few years later on their independent label once again, received good reviews, and was quite successful. Asterix. <laughs> <laughs> It was the lowest selling number one album ever on the Billboard charts, selling only 44,000 copies its first week, but it was the first top 10 album for the band, so debuting at number one. So the first single was called Sick of You and was released uh, the year ahead of the record in 2010. Sick of you, so sick of me. I feel like that's something 
the 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 stat that you just mentioned about this album being the number one you know for them but also the lowest number one ever i feel like that's something that this band would like wear on its sleeve oh yeah like i feel like a lot of bands would like put their their gold records on the wall and they probably <laughs> they probably put up like lowest gold record on uh, our lowest uh lowest number one ever i feel like that's probably what they would focus on they wouldn't focus on the the fact that they made number one it'd be more like we're the worst number one ever <laughs> <laughs> It's been a while since Cake has released new material, but as I mentioned, they have a new album coming out this year, and they always tour consistently. McRae has said it's impossible for him to tour and write at the same time, so things tend to take a while with the band creating new material. Todd Roper, the drummer from way back, has since returned, and there's a new bass player. They have a single out right now called Sinking Ship, and their new album, Age of Aquarius, which features a cover of that song, is slated for release later this year. So I'm really looking forward to that, but let's jump back about 20 years ago and talk about prolonging the magic. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Skipped on Shuffle. Right about now, in most podcasts, you'd be hearing an ad for something, uh, but we are trying to keep Skipped on Shuffle ad-free, and the way we're going to be able to do that is through Patreon. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash skippedonshuffle. Any donations go to support the costs associated with running this podcast. And the room where I held you tight tonight, I must walk on by. So as we mentioned, Prolonging the Magic is kind of a tough time in a band that's gone through a lot of lineup changes, but to lose your guitarist and bass player in one fell swoop, uh, also when one of them has written the biggest song that you'll ever have, must be kind of devastating and make you sort of question where you're going with things. And as I mentioned, I'm, I'm assuming there was some kind of creative differences going on. Couldn't really find anything to confirm that, but the fact that the guitarist and bass player leave together and decide to form a band on their own. And the fact that McRae has talked about stepping up and saying, oh, this leaves me free to experiment and I could do different things now kind of, to me, indicates there there must have been some sort of problem in, in the band. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting thing to think about, too, because this is a band. Cake, I mean, you know, you can tell, for those of you who are listening to this don't really know Cake that well, you know, you can tell from what you've just heard that this is a band that sounds very different from any other band that you've ever heard. To, to imagine that there would be groups, that there would be members of a band like that, that would be like, oh, no, no, we've got to stay pretty narrow here. We've got to stick into this thing. And having, you know, uh, John McRae be like, no, I want to do different things and bring in these different sounds or whatever. Like, I feel like that's a really weird kind of thing to butt heads about when you're in a band like cake, but you're right. It, it does seem that when two members leave the band and then join a new band together, that pretty much is a dead, a dead giveaway that there were some creative differences that happened between those two members and the rest of the group, or, or in this case, the, the lead singer, John McRae. So it makes this album a little bit more interesting than not again, not to say that the other cake albums aren't good, but it makes it a little more interesting because McRae says this record really let him experiment with other sounds he has a writing credit on every single song. There are some collaborations with others. He produces this record himself. Uh, he brings keyboards more into the fold on this album. 
there's pedal steel guitar, which isn't really featured on previous Cake records. There's a lot of guest guitarists kind of coming in and playing on here. And it's interesting how he manages to mold this record, I think, into a pretty cohesive sounding album, despite, you know, you, you, you never know it if someone didn't tell you that listening to this uh, record from beginning to end. I even like the joke of the title of the album, Prolonging the Magic. It's kind, kind of a self-deprecating, kind of, kind of, self self self-referential, yeah. It's like, you know, we <laughs> we we just lost our, 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 you know, the member who wrote, you know, our biggest song. and But but we're going to still make this work. We're going to prolong this magic for as long as possible. So, yeah, I, I like that. That's a kind of a tongue-in-cheek little reference there. Given what's going on in the band, it's probably not surprising that breaking up is kind of one of the big themes of this record breaking up and figuring out ways to move on and also the self-reflexive themes of the band and a song like guitar like what if i threw my guitar out the window with you know the guitarist basically right <laughs> doing that in a metaphoric sense songs songs about cars are are a classic gotta love the cars <laughs> They just can't get enough of the cars. They probably were like, well, we had a big hit and it was about cars, so we should probably write some more songs about cars. <laughs> so you have a lot of those classic themes here, but I, th I think the one consistent thing you have throughout this album uh, is, you know, breaking up and picking up and moving on after. And I think that's kind of what uh, attracted me to, to decide on Walk On By for the Skipped On Shuffle episode. No. first time you listen to walk on by you might think it's by a country band uh, if you didn't have john mccray's distinct you know monotone delivery that he gives you might think that this song was written by a country act writing about a breakup and if you look at the lyrics it, it they're fairly simple but uh i think they they become a little bit more uh they get a little deeper than maybe your typical country song. I feel like a country breakup song especially modern country when you you think about the big you know popular what I like to refer to as Hollywood country acts, you, you start, you start, it, it gets very surface level. It's like, you know, we broke up, I'm pissed off. We broke up, I'm sad. We broke up, I'm, you know, dating somebody else now, you know, whatever, whatever those, those simple themes are. But this one gets a little bit deeper in that it talks about how it feels to still relate to something that you no longer have. And in this case, he's, he's literally saying that it's the, the place where they used to, to, to stay. And so he's walking by his, you know, let, let's just assume it's an apartment or a house or whatever. And he's walking by where, this place that his, his ex lives. And he's thinking to himself, wow, like I used to not walk by this place. I used to walk into this place, but now I just walk on by and imagine what's going on inside rather than knowing what's going on inside because I would be in there. And I think that that's, that's, that's an interesting way of, of kind of summarizing not only breaking up a relationship, but just kind of breakups in general of, of you know, whether it be uh, like a band member leaving or, or losing a job or, or not losing a job, but quitting a job or whatever the case may be when something big changes and then you're, perception of something has to shift around that it's kind of interesting and and 
and I feel like this song kind of brings 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 up those kinds of feelings for me. I think that's interesting too. You mentioned the band members breaking up, where you know the 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 song is framed as a romantic breakup song, but he could very well be talking about these these band members leaving, where it's you know I know I won't forget you because I'm still going to be playing these songs. And, you know, you won't forget me because you were a part of this band. And then it kind of delves into that classic, like, cake dark humor where it says, he sings, I'll forget you when I reach the other side. So kind of, kind of dark, a little bit like, well, I'll be over this when I'm dead. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it's, it is interesting to think about just the routines that people get in. And yeah, when you're, when you have to kind of switch up how you do things and kind of remind yourself like oh i don't i don't see this person anymore i don't visit this person now this person's not in my band anymore right um and and kind of yeah re relearning how to do things on your own i i I think is a little bit sort of the 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 theme of the song and and i think the theme of the record really for example, let's 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 look at this this line of, of of lyrics here. So he says, "Yeah, walk on by the room where you still sleep. Walk on by the company that you keep, and the room where I held you tight tonight. I must walk on by." I mean, it's it's fairly literal, you know. He's 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 walking by this this abode where he imagines, you know, his his ex is still there. She's sleeping there. She has company that she keeps there, which means that probably another relationship of some kind. And the room where he held her tight, he's walking by, you know. It's I I think that those to me I'm always I'm always drawn to lyrics like this where it's so simple and so basic that you feel like anybody could have written this but at the same time you understand the power of that simplicity and that's kind of something you could say about Cake in general is that they are a very simple band you know we we mentioned at the top of the episode how they 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 essentially release the same album over and over and over again even the artwork looks the same like I, we can't show you the artwork cuz obviously this is a podcast but we we highly suggest you go online and a, look, a shade of faded yellow <laughs> yeah, and look at all the <laughs> album covers from cake over the years and they all look very much the same and the songs all very much sound the same and his monotonous vocal delivery makes the songs kind of sound similar to each other even if they do have these different elements like you know you mentioned these different instruments and these different things that are brought into it so i i appreciate and respect how much cake can keep things so simple but yet bring so much energy to them and you know they have they've had a lot of big hits you know you mentioned the hits from these records and these are these are big hits especially when you consider the fact that this band is so weird like so wildly different the idea of short skirt long jacket being like a, a thing that like basic bitches request at karaoke or whatever is like that's weird like that's a weird thing that must be really bizarre for like John McRae, you know, to think about, you know, I, I think that it's, it's interesting that you have a band that, that, that approaches things from such a simplistic and almost, I don't know, rudimentary almost. I mean, that sounds like a bad word to use, but, but really just like simple and, but able to bring a depth to it through their wit and through their humor and, and, and even through their, their, their lyrics on, on a song like this. Yeah. I mean, we talk about his monotone delivery, but there's like a lot of longing and emotion that he's able to deliver in the song. And I feel like using the instrument smartly, like there's something about, you know, like the pedal steel guitar in the song that just sounds like this kind of like yearning and longing. And, and I mean, you get that in the vocal delivery too, where, yeah, they're able to tap into like a lot of raw emotion. And I mean, this is a band that despite the 
as we mentioned, you know, how, how simplistic and straightforward things sound. This is a band that really works hard to, to, to narrow down their sound and get real precise with what they put on their records. Um, I mean, I, I read interviews with McRae where he's like, yeah, I'll do, you know, 20, 30 songs. And he's like, I'm not someone who knows what's going to work until I get to the end. So it's like, you know, we'll, we'll go through, have a completed song. And then at the end, I'll just be like, you know, this isn't right. As opposed to a lot of bands, you know, working on things along the way that just leave things as demos. He's like, no, I need to see it through to the end to understand if it gets to where I want it to get to. And I think there's, you know, you can, I think you hear that on these records like that. This is, you know, a very carefully curated collection of songs that, you know, despite sounding similar or, you know, carrying through on consistent themes or, or what have you, you know, the, this is a band that put a lot of work and, and heart and soul into, into making a record. You mentioned earlier that uh, delivery of the lyrics actually kind of help with this song. And that, that made me think a little bit about, about what your emotional state is when you're walking on by, whatever it might be, whether you're walking by uh, the house where you used to be with a, an ex or, or a job that you used to work at, but you don't work at anymore. You do kind of have this, you know, well, I was, you know, that happened, you know, that kind of like, you know, sometimes, you know, I guess if a breakup is really fresh, you might walk by somebody's apartment and be really sad or be maybe angry or you might have these more intense feelings about it. But as time goes by, you you start to be more like, yep, like I used to be there, but now I'm not. Now I'm doing something different and maybe something different is better or, or whatever. So it is interesting to think about like how sometimes this monotone delivery that he has can actually benefit what he's trying to get across. You know, I feel like a lot of maybe lesser acts would feel like, oh, uh, in order to make sure that they know that I'm really upset about this, I got to be upset in the lyrics I, or, or I've got to be upset in my delivery of those lyrics. But with this, I feel like his his monotone almost kind of helps us understand what he really feels as he's walking by this person's apartment or house or whatever it might be. Yeah. And leaves you some space to, you know, bring in your own sort of experience with this. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, it doesn't necessarily lead you too much one way or another. Yeah. Um, aside from just, you know, yeah, I remember that this was a thing that happened and they probably also remember me, <laughs> but, but it doesn't matter because eventually we'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's that's like cake's mantra right there. It's like let's enjoy things while we have them, but we we all know where this is going. <laughs> and the When I first heard Cake, I don't remember where I was or even, you know, what what year it was, but I remember first hearing The Distance, which is probably most people's first introdu- introduction to Cake when, you know, when they were first coming up at least. Now, I I'm assuming probably short skirt long jacket is mostly what people are listening to, but when I first heard The Distance and first heard Cake and first heard this monotone delivery and this weird band and the trumpet and all that, I was like what the hell is this? Like what, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Even weirder than Beck's loser, which, you know, came out at a, you know, similar, similar time period. And, but 
now I think about it, and when I think about cake in general, or or when I listen to cake, you know, getting ready for this episode, and you know, kind of refamiliarizing myself with this record. I think to myself, like how different rock radio really was back then, you know, like I turn on rock radio now and, and I hear a lot of similarities, you know, I hear a lot of big crunchy guitars or, uh, lots of synths, you know, synths are a big thing nowadays. And, but it tends to all meld together into one thing. And I realize that's kind of like an old man thing to say, like, you know, these kids, they don't know what good music, blah, blah, blah. But, but really, I mean, like it, where, like, what is, what is the modern day equivalent of a cake on modern rock radio? Like, what is the band that's like totally all left field? Cause I remember when I used to turn on the radio, you know, you'd, you'd hear, you know, you'd hear your Nirvana and your Soundgarden and your, you know, Stone Temple Pilots and these big loud rock bands. But then you'd hear a cake song. You'd hear a song by like, I don't know, a Tori Amos or something where it'd be like this piano ballad. Then you hear like a Bjork song after that. And then you'd hear, I don't know, uh, a solo acoustic song by somebody else. It was so much more varied. And, and when I hear cake, I think about those times and I think about like how awesome it was to turn on the radio and have no idea what was coming up next. You know, once you got into the idea of the playlist and you knew what they were going to play because you knew like, Oh, this is a big hit now. So they have to play this, whatever. That's just, you know, part of what makes radio radio, but you know, I don't, it was just so different. And so when I hear cake and, and, and in, in a tangential way, kind of when I hear uh, older Beck songs, you know, loser that era, I think about just like how different things used to be when it comes to like the acceptance of these off the wall, totally weird acts that just wouldn't make it anymore. You know, like I can't imagine, so I can't imagine somebody's looking for the next cake right now. Like they're just they're like, no, we don't have any interest in that. We only want the next imagine dragons or whatever the hell people are listening to. <laughs> so I, I, I hear these, these, these songs. And, and like we mentioned, you know, a few times now, like cake doesn't really, you know, substantially evolve over the years. Like if you like one cake song, you're going to like them all. So you might as well just buy all the albums because they're all good. They're all very effective and they all have great, great material on them. Uh, so, but yeah, when I hear cake, the, the first thing I think of is, wow, like I'm so glad that this band exists, that this band was able to have success and able to do the things that they do because there are so many bands out there that are doing really creative stuff that are doing something a little bit different and off the wall and they're never going to get there nowadays, you know, because they're not going to be, you know, hot for YouTube or, or whatever because, you know, they're not fitting in that mold. And so I really appreciate that cake exists, even if I didn't like them, which I do, but even if they didn't like them, even if I hated them, I would be like, I'm so glad that they exist because they at least are setting up that you can be different and still be effective. As Scott said, I, I love that this band is just such an outlier in everything that they've ever done from the very beginning. And I, and I also like that they bring a lot of awareness about things going on in the world um, for a band that kind of carved out its own space musically, uh, they don't really do that thematically in their songs. So as, as we mentioned, there's breakup songs, songs about cars. And in recent years, they've also gotten a lot more political and environmentally conscious. And I love the mix of all these themes that show up on a cake record. And when you go see cake live, because to me, they managed to capture kind of the whole gamut of life experiences that we have. Like, yes, we can go out and have fun, but we should probably also be concerned about, you know, oceans rising and things happening here. And I like that they managed to 
meld all that together and not make you feel really depressed about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, they, they do a lot of like fun stuff and I've seen them several times live and it's always a good time. They have a really fun thing where they do a tree giveaway um, where they bring a, a tree on stage, like a potted tree, put it on stage and then start calling on audience members to guess what kind of tree it is. <laughs> and, and if you guess correctly, they send you home with the tree and all they ask is like that you definitely plant it and take a picture of yourself with the tree and send them like pictures as like the tree grows. So they managed to find these fun ways of like reminding you to be, you know, conscious about the environment while also just kind of like it's one of their just trademark weird audience band relationship things. There's there's just so much I could say about this band and especially being politically minded. If you follow Cake on their Facebook page, it's just absolutely hilarious because they're sharing not I mean maybe hilarious isn't the right word, but they're sharing all kinds of like relevant political stories and you get all kinds of like comments of fans talking to each other and they're like, I swear if you post one more political thing, I'm gonna <laughs> not you know, I'm gonna unfollow this page. And it's just I don't know, they they managed to just create such a weird relationship with their audience that I feel like, you know, the, the, the band is different for so many other reasons, but I feel like their, their interactions with the audience is like another kind of thing that always stands out to me. And as for the song, you know, walk on by, I, I always think of it in, in the very, very literal interpretation of there's, there's a route that I, I take to work when I teach that I drive by where, you know, an ex-girlfriend had lived. And even though I'm sure she's probably since, since moved this song, you know, like I drive by and I see like, you know, the, the bedroom window where her room was and, <laughs> you know, and I, and I just like think of, you know, the song and yeah, I'm kind of in the mode of like, that was a thing that happened. That was, that's weird. <laughs> um, but you know, that I'm, was a thing that, that happened, <laughs> <laughs> but I always think of the song and I don't know if there's any other, like strong emotional connections that I have to like any other specific cake songs, but I just can always put a cake record on and, and feel, feel good. Like it just feels good to have this weird kind of, what was a, one term I came across called it like country surf rock. <laughs> kind of. I, I mean, it's just so hard to describe cake cause they're just in a genre all onto themselves. And I, they just always do a really good job of cheering me up. I, I think is kind of the, the best way to put it. Like the lyrics are always so funny and weird and, um, or you get a song like this, that's just, you know, pretty straightforward, but I don't know. There's just something infinitely enjoyable about this band. And I feel like they're, they're probably not, this might be one of the least popular bands that we've maybe talked about on the podcast thus far. So I hope in talking about this band that maybe you're, you're encouraged to, to pick up a record or two or all of them. And as, and as Scott mentioned, feel free to just, <laughs> just make your choice. <laughs> um, cause, cause you'll pretty much know what you're going to get. Thank you for listening to this episode of skipped on shuffle. Please visit our website at www.skippedonshuffle.com for more news about other episodes and our upcoming schedule. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please visit skippedonshuffle.com for links to all of our social media pages.